0: You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. So uh, today, the le- title of the lesson today is A Different Spirit. And uh, actually, it was a lesson I did um, recently to the, with the Spanish group, and I just had so much fun doing this lesson, I thought this would be a great Sunday morning uh, study and, and and even preparation for next week, our big LA service, um, which uh, I'm sure we're all inviting people to and inviting our friends and coworkers and anyone we can. I want to encourage you to do that. It's going to be a really great service and be a way to connect. I also want to remind everybody it's a different time, but um, a different spirit. This is, this is the title uh, we're going to start out in Exodus chapter three, verse seven, and uh, the story. Give you a, back, a little background on the story. You know, the 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 Jews had gone to Egypt under Joseph. Joseph went there, became assistant to the Pharaoh, brought his brothers out. Four hundred years there, they became slaves. They they were they were under cruel bondage. You know, they were under one of the most evil systems, which is slavery, um, and they needed rescuing. They needed to be set free. And they cried out to God, even though they had drifted away from God, they still knew him enough to know to, he's the one to pray to and to cry out to. And so it says in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, it says, So the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So, we we jump into here, here and we're really kind of in the middle of a story, uh, in large part of, of of that story of of what was happening to the Hebrews. And God steps in and, ma- and he makes this comment that I think is really important because it really shows you God's heart. It really shows you God's perspective. So first of all, he says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. So sometimes we think God doesn't know what's going on or God doesn't see what's happening. God sees it. He absolutely sees it. He he watches over us. He sees the world. He sees what's happening. He said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Uh, He is paying attention and he is watching. And that's very important. It always, it's always struck me how people get so upset about, you know, cameras in public places and surveillance and all that stuff. And it's like, what's it matter? I mean, truthfully, God is always watching. So don't worry about the police or the government watching. God is watching. That's who you need to be concerned about because God is always watching. And he says, and, and particularly that becomes important when you're suffering. And he says, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. It also points out God is listening. When we pray to him, when we cry out to him, uh, he hears our prayers. This is this is our God. He's very interactive. He's, he's very aware. He's watching. He's listening. And he says, I am concerned." about their suffering and there shows you God's heart. You know he he doesn't just watch and listen and walk away. He's concerned. He cares. He cares about what's happening with you. He cares about what's happening with me. He cares about us. I mean it's it's important to him. He says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land a land flowing with milk and honey. So he says, I have come down to rescue them. We, we cry out to a God who rescues. God is a God, a, a, a rescuer. I was, this morning I made a video for a brother. It's his 60th birthday coming up. Hopefully you won't see this video, but, but um, um, you know, I made a video to, to just thank him and wish him a happy birthday. I've actually made a few of those. I guess I'm, that's my age bracket. Some of my friends are, turning 60 and 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 um you know it was just great to share with him my first of all my gratitude but he's also the guy who studied the Bible with me invited me to church and and I was able to thank him for my life and how incredibly blessed my life has been and how I was rescued I mean I was headed for a bad place I was I was headed in the wrong direction and, and my life would have probably been catastrophic, but I was rescued. God reached in through my friend who invited me to church, who taught me the Bible, who baptized me and rescued me. And, and here's the funny thing is he says, I have come down to rescue them. Wait, who went and rescued Egypt in Egypt, the the Hebrew? It was Moses, right? He sent somebody, and you have to understand that's how God works. God sends people into our lives, and that can be anybody. It can be a coworker. It can be your son. It can be your daughter. It can be your grandparents. It can be your you know, it, it, God works through all kinds of people. I always think this, you know, when the Hebrews were trying to when they were going through Moab, and 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 uh, the God sent a prophet. And they were trying to, to, uh, to get through the, he actually had a donkey tried to stop them. And, and, um, and the, it's a great story because the donkey, Balaam's donkey is over here warning them. And I always think, you know, if God can speak through a donkey, then, um, he can speak through anybody. So I need to always be paying attention and maybe I'm the donkey sometimes, but, but, you know, you never know where God's message is gonna come from. So always be listening. Always be watching for how is God speaking to me. So he says he came down, he rescued the Egyptians, and he wanted to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. He wanted he wanted to bless them. Of course, the images are clearly images that are of of just goodness and greatness. You know, we have so many more sweets now than milk and honey that, that doesn't mean a whole lot to us other than maybe. God went shopping at Whole Foods Market or something, but, but, you know, it's just, there were symbols of wealth and, and just sweetness and goodness. And that's what it was. So, so, you know, God sends them out and, you know, you know, the story, right? If you don't haven't read Exodus, you should. And if you haven't read it, then watch the movies, you know, Prince of Egypt or, or the real 10 commandments with Charlton Heston, um, and you see, they come out to, through the desert. The, they have to cross this desert, the desert of Adam. And and I've I've actually driven through this desert. There's nothing there. I mean, nothing out there. There's a couple of bushes and a whole lot of nothing. Right? It's desert. It's hot. It's dry, and not not the place you want to be. And they had to cross that desert walking, and they walked across that desert all with the understanding that there'd be a promise. And really what God was doing was he was teaching them to depend on him. He was teaching them to be, to walk by faith. You know, he would send daily food, manna, it was called, from heaven. And they were allowed to collect enough for the day, but they weren't allowed to collect for the next day. You know, they they had to wait only on Fridays because the Sabbath was coming. But other than that, they just had to trust God. They got to the edge of the sea, and and they had to. God sent a pillar of fire. They had to tr- just again and again and again. They had to trust Him, and they, and God was teaching them to trust Him. So of course Moses leads them out, and and uh, I love the way God. Whenever God tells that story, He always talks about how He led them out on wings of eagles, and and I always because I always think about that how that is god's perspective because he rescued them from so many things that they didn't even know about probably more things than they even knew and but if you would have asked one of them it would have they'd been like what wings of eagles we walked we walked from here all the way to the promised land that's like walking from here to phoenix you know and the territory is roughly the same desert hot nothing out there And we walked with our kids and our grandparents and and our animals and whatever we had. It was very challenging. And you got to know this about God. Even when God takes care of you, he doesn't necessarily make it easy. There's no easy button in life. We all wish there was an easy button, right? We wish that there was a button that we could just press and everything goes great. But no, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. Not in this world, not in the fallen world that we live in. You want, it, you, you want paradise and everything to be perfect, then you need to plan on getting to heaven and make sure you get there, right? But the promised land was kind of a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a foreshadowing of heaven, a land flowing with milk and honey. And, you know, if you see the promised land in the spring, this is what it looks like. It's beautiful, right? It's green. And I mean, compare that to the picture I just showed of Edom, you know, and, and, um, I, have been, I've had the blessing of being there a couple times and it is beautiful. It's incredible, especially when you cross the desert to get there in comparison, you know, and, and, and so, you know, the story they, they, Moses and Aaron and Miriam lead the people out of Egypt. They, he takes them to the mountain of the Lord. They get the 10 commandments. They get the laws, the Levitical laws of how to be God's people. And he creates a holy nation, a holy tribe of people, and now they're supposed to go take the promised land. He basically tells them, "Go get the promised land; it's for you." But notice when he said that, the scripture we read earlier, he says, "Land of the Levites or the of the Hebeites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and, and the, the Shinelites, Or I don't remember who all the tribe names were, but but um, you know, he he even, he knows that people are living there. He knows that there are fortified cities there. Again, he doesn't make it easy. They're going to have to fight for this. They're going to have to step out on faith. Well, what happens? They get there and they get nervous. They get scared. They don't really want to try to just march in. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how we forget how good God is. We forget all the victories God gives us. Um, when I, you know, most of us, when we became Christians, whenever that was in our life, there were some miracles that happened. You know, we made huge changes that nobody makes, but we made them. We, some of us, got off of addictions. Some of us dealt with hatred in our hearts. Some of us uh, just changed and become so much better people. Uh, some of us uh, were set free of of sins that we just couldn't shake before. And a lot of us were set in families and had all of a sudden great friendships. And and there were so many wonderful miracles that we were, like the Hebrews, just singing praises to God, so thankful. But as time goes by, it's kind of easy to forget that, right? I always, I call it the Disney principle. I've shared about that before, how when you walk into Disney Everything is wonderful and cool and fun and neat and, you know, all the bushes are carved in the shape of Mickey Mouse and the even the toilet paper's got Mouseketeers on it. I mean, everything is just so cool. But fast forward eight hours and you are there and you've been tired, you've been standing in lines and all of a sudden, man, these lines are too long, the food's so expensive, my kids are tired, somebody's crying, somebody needs a nap and we're kind of negative and complaining. The exact same place all of a sudden isn't so magical and wonderful. It's like get me out of here, I want to go home. And sometimes we get that way with the kingdom of God too. We get that well how we are with the magic kingdom, we are with the with the real kingdom and we we lose sight of all that happened. And that's kind of what happened to them. They didn't want to just march in and take the promised land. They were scared. And so what did they do? They came up with the idea of sending in spies. And they present that to God. Now, it's very interesting because God lets them do it and even tells them how to pick the spies. But it wasn't his plan and it wasn't what he wanted. And later on, much later, he actually points that out to them, that it was their idea and they blew it. And they, Because why? What they were supposed to do is just march in and take the promised land. They weren't supposed to send in spies. And of course, they spend, they send these 12 these 12 spies, the characters in, and, um, you know, there, there's a picture of them. Somebody did a little selfie of them real quick. Um, and they come back and with the produce, these big old grapes, and it's truly the land of milk and honey. They're blown away by how beautiful it is. And by how strong the people are who live there, which was exactly their fear. And they come back, and of course, you know the story. The spies all give a report. it's basically, they say it's beautiful, lots of food, but there's giants there. There's people who will devour us. They say they said we looked like grasshoppers to them, and they look and that's how they looked at us, and that's how we saw ourselves. You know, and you know that grasshopper complex when you feel like a challenge is just way too big. You can't do it. You don't have what it takes. And of course, this is where the different spirit comes out. Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies, come back with a very different report. And you see the contrast between having faith and not having faith. It says in Numbers 14, verse 1, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the, why is the Lord bringing us to this land? Only to let us fall by the, by the sword. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And, and they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. How sad, how, how tragic, you know, I mean, God is trying to bless them. And because it's not easy, because it is scary, because it is challenging, they back away from it. And they don't want to do it. In fact, they start thinking crazy. They forget how hard it was in Egypt. They forget how miserable they were under slavery. They, they want to go back to being slaves. And they're saying it would have been better to die there. And that's kind of what happens. Even even, even with Christians, we, we start thinking the world was better. We start thinking that, oh, I was free. I could do whatever I want. Yeah, and you got yourself in all kinds of trouble. And you messed up relationships. And you didn't know what you're doing. And yeah, I mean, Satan always wants to make it look better in the world than in the kingdom of God. And the simple fact is the best day in the king, in the world is not as good as your worst day in the kingdom of God, because in the kingdom of God, we have God, we have hope, we have a future. And I was sharing in that video and I was just sharing how if he had not have invited me to that Bible talk, I would never have met Michelle. I wouldn't have the incredible marriage that I have. I wouldn't have the life partner. I wouldn't have the three kids. I wouldn't have all the adventures around the world, preaching, serving, all the things. And you say, well, you're extraordinary in opportunities. Yeah, I've had some extraordinary opportunities. I've also said I've had some extraordinary suffering in my life. I've had it both ways. But I know this. I know that there is nothing like being in the kingdom of God. The friendships that I have. The relationships I have the hope that I have the confidence that I have in God and 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 the confidence I have of being eternally in heaven with him, there's just nothing like it, and the strength that he's given me to deal with so many intense things in life and 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 i don't I don't want to ever forget that, and that was actually the the attitude of Joshua and Caleb look at their attitude it says. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there. Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were among the among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, "The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is, if the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us." Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them; their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. you know there's so much there, there's so much there. Moses and Aaron fall face down they're upset, they don't know what to do they're they're just they're not this, this is not what it was supposed to happen. this is not how people were supposed to react and Joshua and caleb they were they had, they'd gone exploring they saw the same things that all the other the spies saw, but their conclusions were totally different. He said, the land we passed through, it's exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will give it to us. And this is the key is that when you face challenge, when you face difficult time, you have to face it with God. And you have to put your God glasses on and be able to see clearly as God sees it. Because if you don't put your God glasses on and you just look at it as anybody else in the world, then it's like, oh, it's too hard or too much or I can't handle this or and there will always be things in life that we can't handle by ourselves. They're just too much for us. And we don't know what to do with. And I mean, this is why the world drinks, this is why the world takes drugs, this is why why people are are go chasing after relationships because they're trying to fill all these These holes inside or these wounds or or get numb or self-medicate. And instead of being able to draw the strength and the courage from God to face things. Because when you put God in the formula, everything changes. One plus one plus one equals three. One plus one plus one plus God equals whatever... He decides it will equal. And, it, and, and it's unlimited. God sees it. He's watching all of it. He sees their reaction. He sees Joshua and Caleb's reaction. And God says, not one of them, and he's talking about the faithless ones, will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. And it's interesting how he takes it, that when we're being faithless, when we're not when we're not putting God in the formula he sees it as contempt you know I mean if, if you've made promise after promise after promise and you have fulfilled every promise and you've gone above and beyond for somebody and then they say "Well I don't believe you wait a second after all I've done and that's kind of you know what what the contempt he's referring to they've held me with contempt they will never see it. Basically saying all those people he led out of Egypt, they're not going in the promised land. And he doesn't say they're going to hell. He doesn't say they're, he's going to wipe them out. But he says, no, they're just not going to get it. But then he says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. He's going to get his land. And he's going to get land for not only himself, but for his children and his grandchildren. He's going to bless them. Why? Because because Joshua and Caleb were faithful. And and they followed God wholeheartedly. Part of being wholehearted, and it's the only way to be a Christian, don't waste your time being a half-hearted Christian. It's, It's worthless. It's a miserable Place Because you're not really enjoying the world and you're certainly not enjoying the kingdom of God. You're just miserable. So what should you do? Repent and jump in wholeheartedly. Shouldn't the answer be make a decision? No. The right answer is repent and get in wholeheartedly. The wrong answer is stop being half-hearted and go back to the world. That's the wrong answer. The right answer is being wholehearted for God. Dive in, get to know him, give, give him all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Seek after him and, and be like Jesus and try to, try to just devote your life to following Jesus and teaching everybody around him. And, and that's where you come into the promised land and, and God is eager to bless. God is eager to give not only you, but your children and your children's children and generation after generation. And so that's what, that's what he says. Why? Because because Caleb had this, this different spirit. What was that different spirit? He just believed God and he trusted God. And that's the spirit. That's the spirit that makes a difference at work, makes a difference at home. You know, I know we're all, we're all getting challenged at home. We're getting relationship challenged, relationally challenged. You no, know? we, we, this much time at home, you can't help but to get on each other's nerves at least a bit. You know, and, and most of us, we haven't hung around each other this much. Maybe never, you know, where we're just around each other hours and hours and hours. And of course, it's going to draw out problems. It's going to, there's going to be friction. There's going to be stepping on each other's toes. There's going to be, you're getting on my nerves. There's going to be all this stuff. And this is perfectly normal. It's not Mean that you're evil and slime bucket that that everybody else is good and you're evil. No, we're we're all going through this, but it's an opportunity to grow, and to talk and to love deeper and to forgive. I mean, you know, forgive opportunity. Forgiveness is an opportunity to become more like Jesus, to to be more patient, to be more kind. You know, the the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That we read about in Galatians 5.22. Those fruit, you know, they're in the promised land. That's the big fruit that these guys carry back. It doesn't come from discipline. It doesn't come from, from just white-knuckling it out. It comes from God. And so this is a time where, probably more than any time, we need to just really be having great quiet times. Great times of prayer with God, and 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 making sure that happens, and 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 grow, you know, grow right now. This is a, just a great time to do that, and that's what gives us a different spirit—not self-control, but God control. And God will give you self-control. God will give you the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. They don't come from us. They come from God. They come from Him. You know He's He. Unfortunately, He says this about Caleb, and He means Joshua too. He says, "Not one of you," talking to the people. He says, "Well, will enter the land I swore with an uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun." You know these guys. They they had a different spirit, and God blessed them for it. We're Christians. We're called to set the example. We're called to be the ones with the different spirit, and it's a it's an awesome calling because we can be different because we have the confidence that comes from God. We have the power to change things in our lives. We have the motivation. We have the inspiration. We have the vision of the kingdom of God. So grab a hold of that and take take a hold of that. You know, um, I love this. We fast forward to Joshua fourteen, and this is forty five years later. They've taken the promised land. They're invading it. They're 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 coming into it. Um, they've already you know wandered in the desert for forty years, and and listen to this. It says now then, just as the Lord promised, and this is Caleb speaking. He has kept me alive for forty five years since the time he said to the said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. 85. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourselves heard them that the Am the Anakites were there, And their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as He said. He's still got that faith. He's still got that drive. He still has that strength. The strength that comes from a faithful attitude and a faithful view because He's got that different spirit, the spirit of faith. And, and, you know, uh, us who have been around a long time, and there's quite a few of us, we've been around more than 20 years in the church. This seems to be us. We just decide to be that and drink deeply from the well of faith. Make sure we're having time where we're praying great prayers, where we're doing different things. Don't let your your relationship with God be boring, where you're drawing strength from him. Order that book, Soul Care or any of the book out there, Sacred Companion. There's lots of great books. I've given a a reading list before of books you can read to to strengthen or to help your Bible study. And and be, be the one that says, I'll take the hill country. I'm as vigorous today as I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And be that different spirit. Your family needs it. Your house needs it. The world really needs it. The world is desperate for it. The world needs a, a tribe of people who have a different spirit. So thanks for listening. That's our study today. Uh, the study of Joshua and Caleb. I have a couple announcements I just want to go over really quick with us. Um, remember that uh, to, to to come back every Sunday. We have the new time, 10 a.m. That that's, We're doing that to line up with the other services so we can join each other sometimes, which is what we're doing the very next Sunday, this coming Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a Bring Your Neighbor Day online with the Los Angeles Church. The theme is Safer at Home, coming from John 14. Um, my Father will love them and will join them. will will come to them and make our home with them. And you know how to have... How to have God in the home, shalom in the home. How to have a home full of spirituality and the spirit of God, and uh, we're going to do that next week. And we've got the West joining us, and and uh, we've got Orange County joining us. We've got several ministries. I'm not even sure. I think it's most of LA is all going to be with us. And uh, let's 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 go for it. Let's send out these invitations. Let's invite everybody we know. This is a great opportunity for people to come. And and come to church in a way that's not threatening and a way it's not so scary to them. Um, they have full control, they can they can come to church in their pajamas, and we're fine with that. Um, so let's let's invite everybody we know. We're gonna see how many people we can get to church next Sunday online. Um, so keep keep in mind, watch online. Remember to subscribe if you haven't. I sent out the first bulletin yesterday. A lot of you got it. Um with announcements and things because we're not going to be doing a bunch of announcements on Sundays anymore. Um, we might do the one of the day or of things that happen right away. But for the most part, all the announcements will be either on the phone app or in the bulletin or on the website. So we now have three ways to get information. And lastly, if you could please go to the themetrolaregion.com and go ahead and sign up for the Metro News newsletter Uh, I sent out, like I said earlier, I sent out the first one yesterday, and I think it's going to be a great way for a lot of us to just be able to get information. There's so much information out there, so if you can go to MetroLARegion.com, and you're going to see, here's what it's going to look like as soon as that opens up, and then click the subscribe to MailChimp button, and fill out the information, and boom, I've got your email address, and I can add you to the list to get the bulletins out there so that's it love you guys and uh, we'll see you around stay safe stay home stay secure stay spiritual and have a great time you've just listened to the metro la podcast for more information about our ministry please visit metro la region.com